If you have an unquenchable thirst to crush your bucket list, relentlessly pursue your dreams, and live life on your own terms, then turn up the volume and tune in. You're now listening to Zeph and Moses Blacksburg on the Year of Purpose podcast. This episode of the Year of Purpose is brought to you by our brand new book, Life Rescripted. Find your purpose and design your dream life before the curtains close. If you want to be the first in line to receive a free digital copy from me, all you have to do is head on over to www.liferescriptedbook.com to find out more. Hey everyone, this is Zephan Moses Blacksburg from the Year of Purpose podcast, and today I'm joined by Rob Scott. Now, Rob is known for hijacking people's minds, rewiring their limiting beliefs, and leaving them completely transformed. He is a master-level coach who creates digital products and training programs for world changers that help them break through their deepest limits. After working with Rob, people become incredibly effective, more successful, and deeply fulfilled. His flagship product called the Identity The Identity Shifting Mastermind reprograms people's mindsets and connects them to their deepest purpose. You can find out more about how Rob hacks the human brain at robscott.com. And today, he's hanging out with me. What's going on, Rob? How you doing? Good to be here. Yeah, man. Thanks for being here today. You know, I want to dive right into your story because you were telling me a little bit before I hit record and part of me was like, oh man, I really should have recorded this. So maybe if you could share with everyone kind of, you know, what you've gone through in a nutshell that has brought you to this point because, you know, everyone kind of has a story of how they've learned to teach other people and how they've, you know, built their own gift through some sort of event that's occurred in their life. Um, And so I know that you've had quite an interesting story so far. And uh, maybe if you could share that with everyone. Yeah, for sure. It's it's interesting because my life today is is really exceptional. Like I'm deeply living in my purpose. I'm, you know, I'm financially doing incredibly well. I'm with somebody I love. Like things are amazing. Uh, but it certainly wasn't always like that. I, I had a start in life that was really, really difficult. I had a very abusive upbringing. Um, I don't think I shared this part, but I was actually uh, I was being raped uh, repeatedly for years as as a young child, and it really left me like unable to I don't know trust. Uh, it, it built a lot of shame in me. I um, you know I I didn't sort of get the safe emotional upbringing. Uh, the safe mental upbringing and uh, the safe physical upbringing that most uh, or many people, you know, uh, end up getting. And so I was doing like drugs and starting to play with things at an obscenely young age, like seven years old. I started to mess around with stuff with older kids and I was sort of like a mascot for these college kids that were in the neighborhood and uh, would do anything that they kind of sent my way. And so um, I had a very skewed experience of growing up. That led to a lot of dysfunction, as you might guess. Later, I ended up very seriously addicted to really, really heavy stuff. Uh, that led to homelessness, you know, in and out of institutions, halfway houses, rehabs, all that stuff. I was living on the streets. Um, and then something changed. I, I really kind of woke up and I realized that nobody was punching me anymore. Nobody was um, doing this stuff and that I had carried a mindset with my uh, you know, in myself that was kind of carrying a chip on my shoulder and, and it had a whole lot of stuff. It had like, I'm a tough guy. It had, I'm a victim. It had like, look at what I, all I've been through. And really none of that was serving me. And so it was as if I was dragging this really crappy past and just kind of putting it into my future and continuing to live into it. And this was a, my company name is Fundamental Shift. You know, this was a fundamental shift in the in my worldview. Like it really shattered kind of everything that I thought. And that was incredibly profound for me. And so from there, what happened 
happened after that was I was able to affect change in my own life really, really dramatically. And I went from being homeless to being a temp in the base, uh, you know, in the basement of a of a business, uh, to just a few years later becoming vice president of technology and being able to uh, build and sell a, a, a very large and complex software company. Um, I ended up helping that company sell itself into a much larger company and, and uh, was able to exit that in a really nice way. Something, a side note to mention is that through that transformation, I also got really physically sick. I ended up getting a really aggressive cancer and having to go through uh, a pretty you know horrible chemotherapy uh, situation for, for a while. So, um, you know, what I like to tell people is I know what it is to be really dysfunctional physically, emotionally, mentally, uh, and then I also know what it is to kind of come back for that. And so so what happened after that was there was really nowhere else to go in that corporate environment. And uh, somewhere along the way, about 2005, I started to do a podcast, and I was just sharing ideas on how we can evolve our mentality. You know, what is it to evolve our consciousness and to become the next version of ourselves? What is it to shift our identity into something profoundly new? And what is hypnosis and NLP and all that? And I started to get listeners like all over the world that requested coaching from me. And um, I didn't think that was me at first. And then uh, a friend was like, I would hire you right now. And I said, all right, let me try this and immediately realized that that's what I've uh, been best at almost my whole life. Like as a little child, I was pretty much coaching my parents into, you know, getting along and seeing things differently and all that. So um, I definitely have a, a kind of innate uh, ability here, but I've also spent many, many years now honing this and getting absolutely as good as I can get to get really, really phenomenal results out of people. And so for the last decade, I've been running this coaching business and I just, I love what I do. I feel like my office is a lab and I'm in the lab trying to hack consciousness and see like what are the things that happen for people when they can get extraordinary results. That's absolutely amazing. And to see that, you know, some of the things from your childhood, or at least some of the skills that you had back then have kind of translated into where you've wound up now, uh, yeah. is very neat. And there was something you said back there that kind of like, uh, hit, put up a flag for me was just, uh, you were talking about how you had gotten very sick. And, you know, I've, there's tons of research, obviously, it's not a big thing we can prove just yet. But, you know, stress and how it compares in the body, uh, and holding on to things from our past. I mean, it, it not only drags you down mentally, but, you know, there, there's a lot of new research coming out today that is showing that uh, when we go through these events, our body itself is changing. The cells inside our body are morphing. Um, and so I've always been curious or, or wondering, you know, whether or not things like cancer are related to uh, stress, inflammation, anxiety, you know, a lot of the things that go on with us in our life when we hold on to our past or when we, you know, aren't in the right mindset. Uh, just kind of curious on your take on that. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of evidence that um, that our mentality changes how the neurons and the neuron bundles uh, form and fire in our in our mind, which completely informs the hormone balance of the body and how much cortisol is going on and how much serotonin and dopamine, et cetera. Um, so yeah, the the mental and physical connection we like to separate them because it, it makes it easier to kind of talk about different things to attack or fix or help. But we are holistic. You know, we are one system that's very complex and kind of working. So um, I do believe that that mentality or a history of stress or any of that stuff, um, 100% adds to you know can can influence physical sickness or health. 
Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen recently this guy, uh, Wim Hof, has been making waves. Because, Love him. Yeah. yeah, so it, for everyone listening, if you haven't heard of him, haven't seen, there's like a, you probably saw like a 20, 30-minute documentary or something like that. He's phenomenal. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. He's doing great stuff with breath work and being to you know being able to affect hormones and testosterone and all this stuff and you know dealing with extreme situations. And he's doing things where he's altering parts of the brain and brain function that people thought was is only a part of the autonomic nervous system. So, you know, he's actually getting in there and through different behaviors and actions and uh, mindsets, he's able to alter parts of the brain that until now science really thought was outside the realm of conscious control. And it's profound work that he's doing, and I'm actually really interested in that. Yeah, and my concern is that it's probably a tough thing for some people to grasp. You know, there's people who come from the scientific world, there's people who come from the religious background, and it's very hard to take something that we saw as, you know, metaphysical, something we couldn't totally explain, and now see proof that it's, it's changing people. So it's very neat to see how that's transforming both with him, but how he's changing lives of others. Um, yeah. It, I mean, we're just finding out so much more about how the mind really does affect the body and everything else going on around us. And, you know, I'm sure that's a big thing that, that you teach people is, is mindset and how what you think uh, completely controls what is going on around you. Well, let me, let me speak to that a little bit. You know, uh, there's a bunch of differences between me and a rock, right? But like one of them is that I'm capable of reacting to my environment, right? So life to a great degree, you know, what's going on in the rock as far as energetically, you know, the atoms, all that stuff, like we're all a part of this big soup called, you know, the universe or whatever. Uh, but things that are biological and things that can react on whatever level, whether that's an animal or a human, uh, part of that is reacting to your environment, right? And so, you know, we have sight, sound, we have all this stuff and those fire neurons in our brain that actually go into the middle brain and actually fire things like emotions, like are we going to feel fear or whatever's going on. And then those actually set off things that happen, as I mentioned, in the in the basal brain and what happens in the nervous system, right, to run, you know, is your heart supposed to beat faster because you're afraid or excited? Uh, should it calm down because you're at rest and everything's okay? And if we were only reacting to our environment, uh, we'd be much more kind of instinctual and reactive like some other animals that we see, right? There wouldn't be... Um, extra kind of stuff going on for us. But as humans, we have this big kind of extra part of our brain that sits on top, which allows modeling, imagination, memory, right, all these things. And so what we know now is that not only does what I see kind of influence that neuronal bundle that's going to fire different hormones off and different feelings and different state experiences, but so does what I'm remembering, what I'm imagining, how I'm thinking. And so the shortcut here to changing how we feel in any moment, and I, what I mean there is like if I'm going to go on stage and present, to go from being anxious to confident, right, very much is directly controlled with how you're making meaning in the moment. Like how are you thinking about that? Um, and there's all kinds of studies that actually show this all the way down to dying. You talked before about, um, you know, does how you think or whatever affect, you know, does the, does the history of stress, and I would put onto that how you think, et cetera, uh, affect your sickness. You know, there are studies that show that people who live a life full of anxiety that think that the anxiety is bad for them uh, actually die sooner, much sooner, than people that have anxiety but actually think about it in a way that go, you know, this anxiety is normal, I'm at my edge, or this is exciting, or whatever. We now know that the way that we actually think about 
like how we're feeling, whether we make it okay for ourselves or not. And really that kind of almost goes down to a base level like self-love or not. Um, if we don't have that, we end up getting sicker. It totally fires, you know, things that make uh, stress levels higher in the body, which make us, you know, oxidize faster and literally die sooner. And so, you know, from the point of like, how are you making meaning has everything to do with like how your body's going to respond, as well as, you know, if I'm also in a situation where people are throwing punches at my head all the time, obviously, I also have to deal with that. But very much how you think affects your body, no doubt. Um, and it certainly affects your results. It affects whether or not you're going to be motivated about something. It affects all kinds of stuff. And one of the things that I do is a lot of the way that we think those patterns get come in and they create an identity. They create a set of patterns where we have certain shortcuts or beliefs about what are possible for ourselves, right? And many, many people have really, really limiting identities, right? They have really, really limiting self-concepts about what they think is possible. And there's reason for that. It keeps us safe. It keeps us, um, you know, able to live and reproduce, but it doesn't keep us like expressed. And so on a safety factor, it works really, really well. You know, if you decide not to take that risk, um, you know, that may mean that you actually live longer, but you don't necessarily live happier. Right. And the risks aren't as costly as they used to be, but we're still coded to be very, very afraid of them, like getting on stage in front of a bunch of people or whatever. You know, back in the day, that might have meant you got stoned and killed if you messed up on stage. That's not an issue anymore. Right. But yet our body reacts like it's still that high level cost. And so, you know, what I try to do with people is have them master that part of how they're making meaning and how they think so that they can respond in a way that's far more expressed. You know, taking somebody who's sure that they're just still like a wantrepreneur, right? Like they want to be an entrepreneur, but they're not it yet because they have to learn something or they can't do sales calls yet because it's just, you know, they're not good enough yet, whatever that is. Well, if you actually turn that person into, I am an entrepreneur, well, an entrepreneur makes sales calls. An entrepreneur gets it done. An entrepreneur hires the right people. Like it's just a whole different set of behaviors that come with that different identity. So uh, all of our identities are changing all the time, uh, but we're not doing it con consciously, and we're usually doing it based on fear and resistance instead of consciously going, "Wait, like who do I really want to be, and what does that look like, and how do I step into that?" And so, you know, I'm really, really interested in helping people master that. Yeah, this this actually reminds me back to when I had first started writing my book. You know, I I had always wanted to write a book and I, I joined this coaching program. And once we had gone through figuring out just our outline, our title, you know, what we wanted to write about, yeah. they were like, all right, now you're going to get the book cover designed. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, wh why am I designing <laughs> the cover? The book's not written. And it was amazing what happened once we did this because, uh, you know, I went along with them like, all right, I guess I'll just get this cover design. And as soon as I saw that physical cover design and, you know, the, in Photoshop, they made it 3D and I saw it look That's like a awesome. book, yeah. it solidified, like, I am going to write a book. Like, it's a done deal. Yeah, like, this is what it's going to be. And it was so unbelievable what it was like to see that and the change that occurred to me. Um, it, it actually changed the way the story was going to be written. Mm -hmm. um, which was so neat because I just had these ideas kind of uh, across a page and had no clue how they're all going to tie in together. And when I saw what the artist did with that, I knew exactly how it was going to happen. Yeah. And so it's and it's crazy when you kind of see that or envision, uh, you know, what could happen once you actually do something, uh, what shifts in your mind after that point. So it's interesting because what happened was there was a difference in belief there of like, will it happen or not? 
right? Whether that was like totally conscious for you or not. But until we, uh, you know, see that happening, it's still like maybe this won't occur. But looking at a, at a finished product and, and kind of seeing it in that way, you know, builds in these automatic like, oh, I can see the end now. Like this is actually happening. It's a real clarity on, on where you're going, right, in some sense. And so a lot of what I'm doing is helping people shape their belief systems. And I don't just mean like religious or political or whatever, but so much of our life is about what we believe really will happen or can happen or whatever. And most of us have these in incessant limiting beliefs that we take on as truth, right? I'll never really be rich. Uh, I'll only ever live in this size house. You know, my business maybe could be 100,000 a year, but it'll never be 10 million a year. Um, these are happening kind of in the background. Not that they're even 100% believed, but they're like little whispers that are unconsciously coming up, uh, showing us our limits, showing us kind of like where we fit in the scheme. And for anybody to have like a profound change, you really need to go in and edit that belief structure. And a great way with a book is to actually show yourself a, a finished product so that you all of a sudden go, oh my, yeah, of course, I'm going to do that now. Now it's clear, right? I know where I'm going. Yeah. And, and so when you say change, I have a question that kind of comes up for me because, uh, you know, someone I was talking to the other day was like, you know, you can listen to as many Tony Robbins CDs as you want, right? But until you actually do one of the things that he says you should do, nothing's going to happen for you. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, when you say change, what does change look like when you're working with somebody? You know, it, they say it takes, what, 10,000 hours to learn a new skill or to and you know, three to right. four weeks to break a habit. Like settle, settle down. <laughs> That's there. You're, 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 yeah. So 10,000 hours is usually around mastery. And these are, these are like dartboard kind of concepts, right? Uh, they talk about 30 days to make a habit. Um, but I can tell you, you will get a heroin habit faster than 30 days if you start to regularly take right. heroin, right? So it depends on what it is, uh, what the subject is. You know, are you really going to have a deep mastery of of being a surgeon in 10,000 hours? Maybe you'll be better than people who haven't done that. But I don't, you know, I don't know the actual hours, and I think that differs depending on intellect and what sure, the thing is. And sure. you know, there's so these are guidelines, and 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 they're really useful. You asked what change is, right? And just to simplify that down, and and this is. You know, this could be thought of as as a as kind of an NLP model, but I see it as people come to me. People come with, let's call it three different basic areas of where they want change. Right? Okay. One person would come to me, and they might say, "You know what? Like, Rob, I just don't feel good. Like, I'm anxious all the time, or I'm depressed, or whatever. Like, I want to feel better. Right? And that's their motivational structure. And they think if they change that, everything will change. Right. Other people come to me and they go, "I can't do this one behavior. Like, can you please help me with my habits? Like, what I'm doing in my life." isn't working, right? I keep trying to have this accounting habit or this workout habit or whatever, or this sales habit in my business, and I'm resisting it. I can't do these things, right? So they want to change their behavior. And then other people have the goal of like, I want different events to happen in my life. I want the $10 million business, or I want uh, the new girlfriend or boyfriend. I want this external kind of event to change. And what people don't realize is those are all a part of the same cycle of like being alive. Mm -hmm. And where the linchpin is there is, is really in how we make the meaning inside our head. And let me explain that for you. So if you think about how time goes by, basically events happen, right? And they go into my head 
And we, we think that they just automatically go down and whatever emotion happens is the right emotion. But really, that emotion is coming from the meaning that I'm making in my head. Okay, So one person can see one event and feel very excited by it. Somebody else could see it and get depressed by it. That's all happening because of the meaning and the rule sets and all the stuff that they have going on in their head. Well, if you master that, you can start to master how you feel about stuff. You can master your state in, in the moment, right? Because how you make meaning is what creates the state or the emotional uh, system in your in your body. That helps you feel better in the immediate. And that's very immediate. It's very changeable right now. As your state gets better, if you feel motivated and confident and ready to go more often in your life, you will affect the behavior. You'll go to the gym more or you'll get up to do those sales things or you'll do that stuff. That will affect the behavior that's going on. And as you change your behavior over time to whatever degree of what you control, that'll change the events that happen in your life. And then those events come in and create, again, a way for you to make meaning about them that changes the state and all that. So we're trying to we're trying to change all of those. We all want to feel better. We all want a better level of mastery over how we behave and we all want that to lead to better events in our life. And ultimately unless you're managing your state, right? If you're set to self-sabotage, it doesn't matter what advantages you have. It doesn't matter if you have tons of connections or lots of money or whatever. If your brain says I'm not worthy of being a millionaire, you know, you will immediately make unconsciously make the decisions to hack away at that savings, ruin those relationships, whatever, so that you get to the level that your brain believes you deserve and you are. Okay. And most of us uh, are set on uh, limits that, that we're not even seeing. Right. Mm -hmm. So where change really begins is mastery of kind of how you make meaning about your situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Awesome. Very cool. It, and it, it's, uh, I feel like my brain's being rewired at the moment. <laughs> um, I mean, the reason why I asked that was, you know, it, everybody's got their like surefire solution, you know, do this, do that, your life will be better. And yeah. I think that you've really gone about it in a very creative way where you've been able to take, you know, your own experience um, a, along with what you've learned along the way to, to teach others and how to make these changes in their life. Yeah. Um, maybe talk a little bit about, uh, awareness because i think that so many people miss out on perhaps the meaning of something that has happened to them because they just kind of float by and float through the world and I, you know i i think one of my biggest fears in life had always been i never wanted to get to the end and feel like it was you know in the blink of an eye like i missed it as if yeah. i wasn't there maybe talk a little bit about you know being present and being in the moment uh and actually being able to stop and say oh wow this is amazing you know like just look at the sunset i know i'm driving home and traffic sucks but i mean there's more to it than just this yeah so you know there's about three different directions i could take that that all feel really important um i will just say as like a blanket statement awareness is is wildly crucial and it really is the game changer because if you can shift your awareness in in a fundamental way that i actually teach people um it changes the whole game not just in this moment, but it iterates through all of the other challenges you're ever going to see in your life. It's just, it's literally like a new level of consciousness. Okay. So that's kind of one area that I would love to explain. I know, I don't, you know, I don't know how much time we have, but I would love to explain that in a, you know, using a metaphor that's really, really useful for people usually. The other thing is, is kind of explaining this model of that if you think about in the East, 
um, there's this deep history of like meditation and uh, and being right. Like, what does it mean to be kind of fulfilled and happy in the moment? And here in the West, we're really good at doing, right? We're really good at like succeeding. It's almost like there's this science of success that we want to understand. How do we how do we get to Mars and colonize it? How do we build nuclear technology? How do we make this magnetic train that do whatever? And 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 here we're great, but we're maybe not as good at kind of being, right? Being present. And if you go back to the East, you know, somebody who's really, really good at sitting and being present and being happy and fulfilled, they may not be as powerful in the world, right? Outside of that theater of managing their own emotions and stuff, they may not be causing enough change. And so, you know, if another village comes to burn down all your houses, they may not be ready to deal with that or whatever, right? So it's actually both, right? We're not just trying to feel good. Um, and we're not just trying to succeed because if either one of those is missing, it's kind of incomplete. So it comes down to mastering being and doing because it, one of the biggest things that would be horrible is if you master success but never feel great about it. If you've constantly put um, you know, the next goal, like when you make the million, now it's 10 million because you've just gotten good at reaching goals but never can you sit and actually be satisfied in it. So, you know, the shortcut there is to learn presencing techniques and things like that. Like, you know, have a little meditation practice. I'm about to be rolling out a meditation challenge which will teach people over a couple weeks um, how to have a really awesome meditation practice that's that's like fun for them, that's not challenging or difficult and it'll explain why that's better for success and all this stuff. But essentially, you know, Eckhart Tolle might be teaching people how to be, right, being in this new way that's really profound. Tony Robbins might be teaching or like a Les Brown or whatever might be teaching this success model. But very few people are trying to teach both and integrate them. And I usually call when you've mastered both, I call it stillness in motion, right? It's bringing this really present quality to the actions that we're trying to do so that we live a life full of purpose and connection and uh, and wonder. Because in any moment we can be criticizing. We can be hating whatever's going on. Uh, or we could be really appreciating what's amazing, like th what our breath feels like or what our feet feel like on the ground. And as we slow down, we'll realize that the universe is giving us a massage all the time, but we're being too loud in our thinking to really feel it. Um, a great little metaphor for that is imagine going into the best masseuse in the world, right? And two different people are going to go in and the first person is laying down getting the massage, but the whole time they're thinking about how their taxes are late, uh, how the management structure of their company is wrong, who they have to hire, right? They miss the whole massage. Like they just, they never brought their attention to the moment to be with this beautiful massage that they could have received. Another person goes in and actually just focuses on their breath and the feeling of what's going on. They put down all the other stuff. They've now managed their attention, right? And they've put their attention on where they are. And when that happens, it's beautiful. If we were to do like a little breathing exercise in just a few short breaths, you can start feeling that there's all these beautiful tingling sensations. You can notice what the air in the room feels like on your skin. You can notice sounds around you. And all of a sudden, there's this wealthy um, sensation that can start coming up where you realize, oh my gosh, I'm already arrived. I don't have to be anywhere else. Sure, I've got goals and I want to do stuff, but like I can really enjoy where I am also. That's starting to have a mastery of being, right? And, and you know, without losing like, hey, and I've also got to pay the bills and I want to grow this business and I've got these games in my life that I want to play and do well, right? Mastery of both of those is a much higher level of consciousness and it's a much, um, it shows, it, it ends up having people be much more successful across their life.
Yeah, I mean, that makes me think a lot about something I call like Gmail syndrome is every time your phone goes off, you want to answer that email immediately. Yeah. And the truth is the world's not going to end, you know, if, if you don't answer it right away. No, not at all. And so we have so much trouble uh, turning off, you know, even just for a little bit. And um, uh, tech detoxes are huge. I think I took like four days away from all electronics uh, and just spent a lot of time on the water and it's crazy what happens. Oh my when you God, get back are you okay? <laughs> Did you make it? <laughs> I made it. I, I, no, I mean, awesome. I, I posted on Facebook about it afterwards and told yeah. people I'm still alive. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's crazy. It resets the system, right? It resets the system quite a bit. Well, and I stopped getting those phantom vibrations, you know, where you think you're going to get a text message and then you yeah. realize that your phone wasn't even in your pocket. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's unbelievable in such a short period of time. Well, it's funny because our body's reacting to history all the time in these different ways. Like if you look at the biology of what happens to us, um, you know, genetically, we're carrying the genetics of like all the way back, like the beginning of the universe kind of stuff, right, is, is expressed to us in some way through our genes. Um, our hormones are are not all the way back history, but there are recent history, right? Like if you've been stressed and you've got tons of cortisol going on or you've got, um, you know, testosterone firing this way or the serotonin and the dopamine are happening, you know, if I've been spiking sugar for three days, right, I'm, my body's out of balance in some way. If I haven't gotten enough sleep, my body's out of balance. And you're not going to affect that kind of immediately, right? But over, over some time of rebalancing, kind of that can get back in state. And then the immediate that, that we're dealing with like right now, that's like the neurons in our system, right? So like the immediate is the neurons and what's happening firing in the brain to kind of make whatever the choices the body does happen. The hormones are like the recent history, right? Either hours or a few days or whatever. Um, and then our genetics are kind of the history of the whole, the whole thing. And that all together makes up, you know, this life force that's capable of either taking action or not feeling good and balanced and confident or anxious and depressed and sad and want to crumple into a ball, right? There's great diversity in how that human structure will show up. And if we're constantly at our keyboard and we're constantly doing things, it leads to all this decision fatigue, right? That I think like ADD might be coming up to kind of match it, right? It's like this uh, maybe today, like an evolutionary advantage at some point, but we end up really tired and we end up in way too much mentality, not enough connected to our emotions. We are not taking care of our bodies. We're sitting too long. We're not eating properly, right? And that leaves a system that's really out of balance. And if you could just take breaks from that, and be present, put the phone down, do these other things, right? It doesn't take very long to let that hormonal structure, you know, uh, balance again, let your neurons kind of calm down, uh, let your genetics start to fire and express in a way that's really beneficial to you instead of, you know, we're, we're learning now that gene or, you know, genetics can be in a certain way turned on and turned off, right, to express or not express. So um, all of that, is is like the brain is is plastic right we have we have neuroplastic ways to change and to adapt and it has everything to do with the food we're putting in the stress we're putting on the system how we're thinking all that stuff goes into it and so mastering all those things um, is really good and space is important for that yeah and i i think one of the biggest takeaways from all of this is that you know, you are not stuck in your ways. You, I mean, Rob, you most certainly have given people an opportunity to, uh, to rewire the way that things work for them. So I, yeah. I think anyone feeling stuck right now, uh, don't feel hopeless because there's so many different things that you can do here. So many little changes that you can make. 
Um, which just to kind of round it off, I, I would go back to that whole like, you know, 10,000 hours of mastery. It doesn't have to take that long. I mean, there are changes you could do right here in the next, you know, hour that could really make a big difference in your life. And so let me, can I share, can I speak to that? Yeah. Because, um, you know, mastery is a stage evolution and stages always come beginner, intermediate, advanced, but you can enjoy whatever stage you're at. Um, you don't have to be a master before you feel amazing about your life. You Usually it's about just going in the right direction. So somebody who's really heavy, as soon as they start showing up for themselves, like even in a few days of like now going to the gym and eating differently, they feel so much better. So like your state and how you feel and your happiness and your fulfillment and all that stuff can be affected almost immediately. And as you continue toward your goals, the mastery, right? As soon as you're 20 pounds down, let's say you're 100 pounds overweight, once you're 20 pounds down, now you're like an inspiration to those around you. You love it. You feel like a different person. You've got this different identity. You're still 80 pounds overweight. But the difference is you're not hanging around at 80 pounds overweight. You're headed in the right direction. And that's exciting. That feels amazing. And so your life is completely different. And over time, you'll continue to go down. And eventually, you know, I've had clients that end up running triathlons from that situation and whatnot, and they become real athletes and totally fit and all that. But the the mistake that we make is thinking that I've got to be the triathlete before I feel good. And that has nothing to do with it. It actually, that's, becoming the triathlete is a byproduct of feeling amazing and going in the right direction, right? And so, um, yeah, very, very fast change uh, and profound change is much more immediate and can happen a lot faster than people think uh, as you rewire kind of how you make meaning and how you show up for yourself in the world. So if you had any sort of final words just to, uh, you know, whether it's words of encouragement or, you know, of transformation, you know, it, it, let me put it this way. If you had, you know, like 30 seconds to tell someone the one biggest thing that could change their life, what would you even say to them? Uh, without a doubt, it's about shifting your level of awareness to understand how you see most of us are looking through lenses that we can't even see that are skewing our view on the world. It's actually what I call like our human delusion. Uh, with just a little bit of training and understanding, whether that be meditation or working with a coach or doing something, uh, you can become self-aware in a new way where you don't carry your limits in the same way. And once you can systematically drop your limits and challenge them and decide to put new thinking in your head, uh, you control so much more of your life than you think you do. And uh, that's a level of enlightenment that I'm really committed to sharing uh, with our world so that we can all grow and uh, and move toward success and sustainability and appreciating all the abundance that's around us instead of, uh, you know, all the, the other way is fear and wars and fighting and, and, uh, and feeling lack. So uh, the one soundbite is you control way more of this than you think, and there are ways to grow. Uh, and the first step is to become more aware. Awesome. 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 This, this talk, Rob, has been great. And I would love to give people a way to, you know, get in touch with you or find out more about what you do. What's the best way for people to keep track of what you're doing? Sure. I've got uh, my blog is over at robscott.com and there's a ton of free videos. There's a free coaching course people can sign up for. There's all kinds of uh, goodies and great information over there. If people are specifically interested in the process of identity shifting, I've got uh, a website at identityshifting.com where they can check that out. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here today and we'll definitely be in touch very soon. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. This episode of The Year of Purpose is brought to you by our brand new book, Life Rescripted. Find your purpose and design your dream life before the curtains close. 
If you want to be the first in line to receive a free digital copy from me, all you have to do is head on over to www.liferescriptedbook.com to find out more. I've discovered what I think is the world's most effective process to design your path in life. It'd be a shame if I didn't share it. In Life Rescripted, you will discover the number one strategy for determining your life purpose and how you can start a new path today. The 5X life hack rule for accomplishing your dreams and designing your life on your own terms five times faster. The ultimate solution for fear and how you can leverage it right now to make this year your best year yet, and so much more. Reserve your spot in line to get a free copy at www.liferescriptedbook.com and I will see you in the next episode.